Good morning. Happy Monday, everybody. The reported death of Oklahoma recruiting, much exaggerated. What a weekend for the Sooners on the recruiting trail. What a last couple of months on the recruiting trail for Oklahoma. If you missed it, Oklahoma all the way up to number 11 in the 24-7 sports composite team rankings. They're 13th in the team rankings now, according to On3, 15th according to Rivals. This, of course, after a weekend that included another parade of commitments for the Sooners. We saw Phil Pichotti, recent commitment on July 4th, Jaquez Petaway, wasn't uh, long after that last week on the 6th and then this weekend offensive tackle Caden Green out of Lee's Summit North followed up by Logan Howland offensive tackle out of the Hun School up in New Jersey and PJ Adebaware out of Kansas City 6 foot 4 240 pound defensive end maybe Maybe they convert him into a linebacker type. There's some discussion, depending on where you look, in terms of the different recruiting services of where P.J. Adebaware translates going forward. Probably he's a defensive end, edge type for Oklahoma. But, man, any perceived death of the Sooner recruiting trail, I saw our friends over at Longhorns Wire had uh, an interesting What's wrong with Oklahoma recruiting piece? That has not aged well at all. Ten days ago, that piece was published, and it looks foolish this morning on Monday, July 11th, 2022. You think about Oklahoma recruiting, I know you you zero in this last week and a half stretch for Oklahoma where it's it's not just those names that I mentioned so far. You could take it back the week before to offensive tackle Heath Ozida and linebacker Samuel Omasigo out of Crandall, Texas. It's really the last two months, though, not just even the last week and a half, but the last two months when we were fielding all of the questions about why, why is this Oklahoma recruiting class in the 40s nationally? What's realistically where's this class going to wind up is there cause for concern and anybody that was in the know i'll tip of the cap to our friend parker thune who of course you can hear right here on the ref every single day from 12 to 3 both steelman and thune at noon and of course locked in with one tyler mccomas parker thune from ou insider he was telling everybody nah there's there's no need to to panic no need at all wait for the month of june to go by wait for the month of july to go by and let's see where the dust has settled for oklahoma and what we've seen right now is again oklahoma right there on the verge of a top 10 class with the expectation that dalen smothers will be another running back commit here shortly in this class and plenty of other targets on the board that the Sooners either have some crystal ball projections in for or feel like they've got a a really, really good chance to land before this 2023 class is finalized. 
So, again, the message that has been shared right here on the ref, if you didn't believe it or you were still a little panicky, even as recently as last week, even as recently as several weeks ago, no need to panic with what Brent Venables and this coaching staff, what their recruiting chops look like, what the plan was for this recruiting class, and recruiting classes going forward. This is going to be the norm. You're going to see a lot of this from the Sooners. Maybe, you know, it kind of depends on, obviously, the kid, and each class could be different in terms of the types of kids that you're recruiting. But if this approach for Oklahoma, which is, hey, if you're committed to us, then we're committed to you, and there's no visits anywhere else. You're shutting it down in terms of the official visit scene everywhere else nationally, then probably you're you're going to see kind of a parade of commitments in summers going forward to where a lot of these prospects for Oklahoma that they've zeroed in on and targeted as their chief targets, they're, they're going to wait until right before their senior seasons of high school and then make their decisions. It's been a skyrocket upwards for Oklahoma, though, Again, you can toss wide receiver Keon Brown, athlete Cade McIntyre, running back Caleb Hicks. Toss them into this mix as well for Oklahoma. Just commits over the last two months for the Sooners. You think where we were before we entered the month of June for OU, and Oklahoma had four commits in its class. Now they're up to 14, and again, there's all sorts of momentum going forward that kind of – Everywhere you turn in the recruiting circles, you see that little little graph charting up for Oklahoma. Hayes Fawcett, obviously, you know, we'll put a ton of stock into what our own guys are reporting and saying out there, and that's Parker Thune, who has constantly reminded everybody, July, July, July. Just wait until the month of July is over. But there's the expectation that this thing is not just done. Good morning, everybody. It is a happy Monday right here on the Plank Show. I, of course, am Josh Helmer hanging out at the trails this morning. It's the Meals on Wheels golf tournament, the charity golf tournament that we're out here today for. They want me to remind you that they're always looking for volunteers to help them deliver meals. You can find out more. Give them a call, 405-321-7272. I would be remiss if I... Didn't welcome in my cohorts in crime this morning. We've got Connor Pasby alongside. Connor, good morning. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Josh, and happy Monday to you as well. What's going on, man? How was your weekend? It was good. Uh, A little bit different this time. What We had a four-day. We were blessed with the four-day weekend last last weekend. Then we had, what, Saturday, Sunday off. A little bit different. Relaxed. Still finding different ways to do during this dead sports period. So it's kind of throwing me off this time. I think everyone's ready for some OU football and just college football in general to get here. Welcome to the summer, my friend. This is where you and I get to kick it around for three hours this morning. We can break down some quarterback rankings that are out there, some head coach Big 12 rankings that are out there. Shoot, we can even jump into some of these other conferences how they see the picture in those respective leagues. It's forecast season, right? It's it's July. It's the summer months. We're sneaking up. We've got Big 12 media days this week, which 
that'll be fun to hear what the Sooners have to say from down there at Big 12 Media Days. I said last week I thought it was pretty curious, pretty interesting that Oklahoma is sending Ethan Downs to Big 12 Media Days. To me, I don't know. In this business, we do a lot of let's react to hypothetically what this decision could mean. And to me, if I'm going to hypothetically react to Ethan Downs going to Big 12 Media Days, that tells me a little bit about what the coaching staff is thinking about what his possibility of being a big-time contributor is for the Sooners heading into 2022. But we got all of that and more we can dive into. There was good news for Oklahoma softball this weekend as well. We can talk about that next, but what did you think? What, what did you think about the series of commitments for Oklahoma? Which was the most impactful, Connor, in your mind this weekend? You know, anymore it's kind of I, – I don't want to say it's an exact science, but when you get a crystal ball from a, a bunch of these different recruiting experts out there, I put a ton of stock, again, into what Parker Thune right here at the ref has to say, but the Steve Wiltfongs of the world – at uh, 247 Sports, I mean, any more when you see a crystal ball and it's one day before decision day, you feel pretty comfortable that Oklahoma or whichever school you're looking at is about to land that commitment from said player. And we had a series of crystal balls that were in for Caden Green, for Logan Highland, and for P.J. Adebaware going into this weekend doesn't mean that there can't be a little bit of a surprise, though, right? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time and it won't be the last time that we think there's about to be a commitment from said player and all of a sudden there's a commitment date surprise. We didn't have any surprises this weekend. What was expected, we saw Caden Green, Logan Howland, P.J. Adebaware all committing to Oklahoma. What did you make of the weekend that was? Well, I thought the first one, the big one, was Caden Green, the four-star offensive tackle, a 6'5", 315. When he watches film, he's barely violent. He finishes blocks. And then he helped chip in to get Logan Howland to Oklahoma. Logan Howland, 6'7", 280. So it goes to show that Bill, Bill Beanbow can still recruit. He's not going anywhere. He's good at his job. Man, so those two really lightened up the weekend. Those were two really big gets that helped out the recruiting class. Everyone was freaking out when OU was at, what, 35? And now, according to 247, we're at 11 now. So, man, impressive job by Brent Venables and Bill Beanbow for getting these guys. And I think we still have some more coming, Josh. July, we have a lot of recruiting left. So this is a really good position for OU right now. Yeah, we need to, this morning, organize our recruiting big board. Who are some of the targets – the rest of the way, we've talked about Dalen Smothers. Uh, looks like Oklahoma later this week probably going to add another running back commitment to go along with the commitment they got from Caleb Hicks. You mentioned Bill Biedenboe, and he has had a tremendous month. There's n- no doubt about that. Well, a tremendous couple of weeks. I guess if you want to be specifically specific, then Heath Ozida, his commitment was on June 27th. So the last couple of weeks, though, he picks up Ozida from out in Washington, and that happened quickly. I, I want to say OU offered him on, like, June 22nd, and five days later he's committed to OU. Now, he had some family ties and things to the Sooners, and 
in a lot of ways listening to Ozida talk about committing to OU was kind of one of those dream type schools for him, maybe the dream school for Heath Ozida. But pick up the commitment there, and then this weekend, you get the big fish in Caden Green out of Kansas City. You get Logan Howland, who, you know, for those that maybe haven't really followed the recruitment all too closely of Logan Howland, the six foot seven, two hundred and eighty pound offensive tackle out of the Hunt School in Princeton, it was widely regarded in some Iowa circles that he would end up picking the Hawkeyes, and that's because the quarterback commit that Iowa has in its 2023 class, Marco Linez third, he's teammates with right. Logan Howland. So there was that draw for Howland to go to Iowa. But guess what? Bill Biedenboe comes in. He makes the godfather offer. He makes the recruiting push that you couldn't deny if you're Logan Howland. And I love for Logan Howland, hey, he's looking at this offensive line class for OU. It would have been easy after the Caden Green commitment or Ozida, and then you pair it with Joshua Bates, and you say, nah, I don't know. OU, to try and crack the rotation there would be difficult. No, didn't didn't scare Logan Howland away. What does he do? He bets on himself. He joins these guys. And now all of a sudden, Connor, it's a pretty tasty-looking offensive line class for the Sooners. It is. It's a perfect set. And, yeah, you can go all the way back to Joshua Bates. You said Ozida. So, man, they got a full set of offensive linemen for Bill Biedenboe in this 23 class to coach these guys up. And eventually they can maybe play all together and just grow up and be really exciting players to watch right when they arrive at Oklahoma and see their progress up to their junior and senior year at OU. So really, really great class by Bill Biedenboe. It's been across the board, too. You think about the position coaches. You mentioned Bill Biedenboe because, again, it's an absolute tear what he's been on, these three commitments that he's landed. But what about the linebackers that Oklahoma has added? How about Brent Venables? How about Ted Roof getting P.J., getting Omasigo, getting Phil Pachotti here recently, toss Cade McIntyre into that list? What about the wide receiver coaches? Kale Gundy doing some work out there. Landon Keon Brown, Landon Jaquez Petaway. And, again, we mentioned, uh, obviously, Biedenboe. So, across the board, the additions here of late that uh, – and Miguel Chavis probably, I should mention him for Adebaware instead of uh, instead of Ted Roof and the, the linebackers there. So, it's been collective for Oklahoma. The set of assistant coaches have really, really – put in work, and made their hay throughout June and July. So happy days. It's not done for the Sooners. Up to number 11 in the 247 Sports Composite Team Rankings, number 13 in the on three team rankings, and number 15 according to Rivals. And we think Dalen Smothers is next. we got to say what's up and good morning to Pierce Leffelholtz, who's in the house as well before we take an opening T.O. Pierce, what's up, man? How was your weekend? It was great. I had a really good relaxing one. Had some friends up from Texas, so pretty good weekend. You guys getting into trouble this weekend? Of course not. We would never. Yeah, no, that's you're too focused on OU recruiting, right? You're exactly. You were dialed into the phone. Every yes. announcement, I'm sure you had the no teeths on. You were just patiently waiting. 
Are the Sooners landing Green? Are the Sooners landing Howland? Are they landing P.J. out of a war, eh? You didn't have stat. time for any shenanigans. I saw a stat that Caden Green was Bill Biedenbaugh's highest recruit since he's been at OU. Or did I just make that up? That's right. I believe that is. That's crazy in my mind just because of how dominant OU's O-line have been since he's been here. And that's his highest recruit. Which, no disrespect to Caden Green, but uh, he's not even a five-star. And that's his highest recruit, and he's turning all of these O linemen into NFL stars. It's it's I just that that's wild to me. I well, usually imagine. usually Beanbo gets those three stars, and he just develops them through their time in right. Oklahoma. So man, it's a, yeah, it's a little bit different this way around for him, actually getting four stars at the offensive line. I'm glad you mentioned that, Pierce. Let's discuss that next. Let's take a to. We are hanging out at the Trails Golf Club. It is an awesome event that we see out here annually. The Meals on Wheels charity golf tournament is underway. We'll be telling you all morning long how you can get involved. I know that they really are always looking for volunteer help, and you can find out more about how to get involved, how to volunteer, 405-321-7272. That's the number to Meals on Wheels of Norman. Opening timeout, where does Caden Green's commitment stand among the best offensive line recruits all time for the Sooners? We'll share it with you next right here. It's the ref. It's the Plank Show. Back after this. Back with you. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer hanging out over at the Trails Golf Club. For the Meals on Wheels golf tournament, be telling you all morning long how you can get involved with our friends on Meals on Wheels of Norman. 405-321-7272 is the number to call where they are looking for volunteers always. The course at the trails, of course, no surprise, looks amazing, looks immaculate this morning. So this is the place you want to be. Hanging out at. Okay, mentioned it before the break. Caden Green, somebody on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, which would love to hear from you this morning. Anything that you want to dive into, of course it was a monster recruiting weekend for the Sooners. 405-651-3439. The Air Comfort Solutions text line, gentlemen, is not above correcting us when corrections are needed to be made. And corrections are needed to be made. Bray Walker, five-star, in the 2018 class was the highest uh, highest recruit that uh, Beatonbow has landed. What about Caden Green? Where does he rank among Oklahoma's best offensive line recruits all time? This is courtesy of John Williams from Sooners Wire. And, of course, using 247 Sports, it dates back to the year... 2000 when they started ranking guys so according to what i'm looking at caden green would fit dating all the way back to the year 2000 he would rank eighth on this list according to what i'm looking at that would be behind andrew rame recently nate anderson and savion bird but, look, it's, it's one of the higher-rated gets for Oklahoma in terms of offensive linemen. It is. It was the big fish in this class for the Sooners, and getting Caden Green is gigantic, Connor, for Oklahoma. 
Yeah, we were completely off. Me, uh, Pierce and I just talked about that. We forgot about uh, Bray Walker. And, yeah, we didn't know there were six guys in front of Caden Green. I thought I read something that he was the highest recruit, but we're obviously wrong. But still still a really good recruit that Bill Beanbo got, the four-star. And we talked about it last week or on Friday. He's got a lot of Oklahoma roots. Mosey, who was his coach in high school, was part of the 2000 national championship team. So he's got a lot of Oklahoma ties, and there's a good, there's a we we understand why he committed to Oklahoma. Well, here's something else too is it, it, it kind of depends. I mean, somebody could tell you you're dead wrong, and you're looking at 24/7 sports, and meanwhile they're looking at rivals or on through. I mean, there's there's not an end all be all to recruiting rankings. That's why the 24-7 sports composite is a good one to go by. But guess what? Now you've got the on-three consensus rankings out there, which is basically on-three's version of the exact same thing of the 247 sports composite. So there's different places to look. So sitting here and existing in the world where, no, this is the highest-rated recruit. Okay, for Bray Walker, yes. But beyond that, there's probably a little room for interpretation and debate based on where you're looking. Caden Green, though, Oklahoma wins out over schools such as, well, LSU, Missouri, of course, Nebraska, Arkansas, Baylor, Florida, Georgia was in the mix here. And let's see, some other names that you would be interested in, I guess, Kentucky now. I mean, can we say that? Miami had an offer there, Michigan, Michigan State, Oregon, Tennessee, Notre Dame, so uh, USC, Washington, Wisconsin, some some big programs out there that Oklahoma won out against for Caden Green. So big and news for Coach Bill Biedenbub. How about Parker Thune putting in the crystal ball back to, what we got, May fifteenth, 2021. So excellent job by our own Parker Thune for sticking with this Caden Green and he was completely right with the prediction to Oklahoma back in 2021. So props to Thune. May 15th of 2021. I thought you just messed now, up. I thought you. I thought you messed up the date. That's crazy. No, yeah, he's he, he, was, he was the he's first. Exactly yeah, right. he was the first. Looking uh, at it, put yeah, put the first crystal ball for Caden Green. He was the first one. And then everybody else followed suit later. But yeah, he was way out in front of it a year a year in front of anybody else on 24-7 sports that was willing to submit a crystal ball prediction. And ultimately, it's exactly right, exactly where Caden Green winds up. Caden Green, is he who you think was the most important of these three commits this weekend? I really like P.J. Adebaware, but in terms of, projecting into the future is it Caden Green I think it is yeah I think it's Caden Green but Audubare like you just mentioned the edge rusher I think both of those guys are really good fit for this 2023 class I mean if you go back if you look at Caden Green's uh film it's ridiculous and he finishes blocks he's very physical man he's a really good offensive tackle and what I love about this 2023 class so far and we haven't seen this recently, but recruiting on both sides of the ball. I think that's what's getting everyone's attention. I believe there's four or five defensive recruits or commits so far in this 2023 class. So 
you got to love that for sure. The both sides recruiting yeah. on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Well, that was our big gripe, right, with the Lincoln-Riley era. Not that there weren't uh, several, several key recruiting hits for Oklahoma defensively, but uh, by and large, the five-star type talent, which that's its own other story, whether or not you land five-star talent. I'm thinking of a couple of skill guys for OU that, hey, it was real fun when you had that trio of wide receivers, and now, lo and behold, you've only got one left of that trio on campus. But the high-rated guys that Oklahoma got committed and got signed under Riley, typically it was offensive personnel. So having a nice mix and match of that being both offensive and defensive talent, it's not rocket science. That's how you win conference championships. That's how you get to where once you make the jump into the SEC – you're not playing at a talent inequity, a talent disadvantage. You're playing with the big boys in the SEC and contending for conference championships once you're in that conference. And then the all-important goal, national championships. If you want to win big, if you want to win a national championship, you can't be a one-side-of-the-football program. And Oklahoma, at times, there were some critiques that, under Lincoln Riley, maybe maybe they spent a little too much time focusing on offense and not enough time focusing on defense. Well, don't, so, don't get me wrong. You'd it, love it was to nice. see that balance. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It was nice seeing all the four-star, five-star offensive weapons. But, hey, you can only fit so many on the field. And you got to play defense, too. You got to recruit defensively. So that's what I like about this class. And skill positions offensively for Oklahoma – this is why when we saw the DeAndre Moore decommitment, and th- there's another that I'm forgetting about here that Oklahoma had committed. Who was the kid that wound up uh, Ennis we saw, right, was committed at one point, and then now he's flipped, and where is he committed to? Ohio State. There's one other name that I'm thinking of uh, that I think wound up at USC. Makai Lemon. Talented skill guys that – Makai Lemon, thank you. Talented skill guys that OU had committed that – look, you you lose your head coach, he goes to USC, all of a sudden they reopen their recruitment, they go to USC, they go to Ohio State, they wind up somewhere else. And there was talk nationally, not here, not on this radio station, really not, I don't think, anywhere between, anywhere in the Oklahoma media. I don't think there was any concern from anybody in the know around here in the Oklahoma media, but Naturally, I did see a couple of people saying, well, is Oklahoma, are they going to still be able to find these skill guys? Are they still going to be able to lure top offensive talent to Norman? Man, that is the last thing that I'm worried about the University of Oklahoma being able to do. I saw a tweet this weekend. Last night, Mike Halk put it out that he was working through putting together the 2022 media guide for Oklahoma, and lo and behold... Since Bob Stoops' first year as OU's head coach in 1999, Oklahoma leads the nation in scoring with 11,809 points. And, oh, by the way, that's only 1,042 points more than the next closest Power 5 program in the Oregon Ducks. So offense has not been a problem for Oklahoma. They were playing elite-level offense. They had Heisman Trophy-winning quarterbacks 
before Lincoln Riley. And guess what? They had really, really good wide receivers and running backs, too, before Lincoln Riley. So the idea that OU would have any problems landing skill position guys I thought was just crazy. Or quarterbacks. Now you got Jackson Arnold, who just won the Elite 11. He's a five-star commit right now. Jaquay's Petaway, you get the commitment there. You look down, you get the commitment from Keon Brown. I'm sure they'll add another wide receiver, maybe two, before this class is all the way finished. What did we see to end the 2022 cycle? Oh, that's right. They got the late uh, commitments and signings from Nick Anderson, from a Jaden Gibson. So, man, if you were ever concerned nationally about OU and luring top quarterbacks or skill talent, I mean, are you kidding me? How crazy are you? It's nonsense. Nonsense. It doesn't matter. You got the history and brand at Oklahoma. You got Brent, well, right now Brent Venable's a defensive-minded guy, and he's still going after – he's still getting offensive commits in the four-star and the five-star Jackson Arnold. So it doesn't matter who's at the helm. You got the brand and the history at Oklahoma. You're going to keep getting offensive weapons. We are due a timeout. We're overdue for a timeout. Speaking of offensive talent, Sooner Softball, they have added another piece. The Rich, well, it's been the theme of this offseason, baby. Rich gets richer as they start their march, try to put put the puzzle pieces together toward a three-peat next season and uh, obviously defend uh, back-to-back national championships. Who's the newest face for the Sooners joining? We'll tell you next. Right here, it's Josh Elmer. It's Connor Pasby, it's Pierce Leffelholtz, and we call it the Plank Show right here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans, back after this. Back with you, it's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Thanks for making us a part of your Monday. Would love to hear from you today. Hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439, Riverwind Casino jackpot line. That's yours as well, 405 329 9,000 true sooner I see you on the line. Hang on just uh, one second here real quick, and we'll head to the phone lines and take your call. Teased it before the break. Many of you out there obviously already know this, but in case you missed it over the weekend, Patty Gasso and Oklahoma softball, more good news on the transfer trail. They have added Arizona State standout first baseman Sidney Sanders. That's something that had kind of been floated around out there for a little bit wasn't really well known whether or not indeed that was in fact going to happen but uh, we can report now Arizona State infielder and Pac-12 freshman of the year Sydney Sanders has announced she's committed to Oklahoma as of Friday night Sanders one of the best freshman campaigns uh, nationally obviously she was awarded the Honors from the Pac-12 as its freshman of the year, but a 425 batting average, 21 yaks, and those 21 bombs good for number 11 nationally last season. And to put it in perspective, from a Sooner fan standpoint, that's three home runs better than Grace Lyons. Also, uh, 63 RBIs and a slugging percentage of 952. First team All-American selection top three finalists for national freshman of the year which went to oklahoma's jordy ball so pretty crazy alina torres uh, has joined from arizona state as well as a transfer 
Alex Storacco, the Big Ten pitcher of the year that had upwards of 300 strikeouts from Michigan, has transferred to Oklahoma. And there's rumors out there on the text line that, I don't know, maybe there's another transfer perhaps in the works for Oklahoma. We'll see. We shall see. The uh, text line saying A&M's catcher is here as we speak. I don't that's know. What, I that's what I was seeing a lot of, too. Haley Lee. Yeah, there's reports that Haley Lee's been Oklahoma City and maybe took a visit at Oklahoma, and she was an all-SEC first team last year. And if you don't remember, in the regional game against OU, she hit a homer. So, man, if they get Haley Lee, too, man, it's ridiculous what Patty Gasso's doing. Because you just got Sanders, who's a really big bat you can throw in the lineup. And if you get Hayden Lee, too, man, that's pretty dangerous. Well, and you've already got, you know, Lions and and T.R.A. Jennings. I mean, this OU team is it's stacked. It would have been great without these transfer portal additions. But now you toss them into the mix. And, again, when you're rolling like Oklahoma is rolling, I, I saw so much reaction this weekend from other fan bases to the Sidney Sanders announcement. Ah, here we go again. Another another player that doesn't want to compete with Oklahoma, just wants to join them. I get that frustration. I've had that frustration at times over the years looking at the Alabama. We've spent this first hour, right, talking about OU's team recruiting rankings in football. I've had that frustration at times looking at Alabama football like, why do more of these kids not want to go somewhere and beat Alabama? Why don't you want to beat that dynasty? Well, <laughs> You want to win. You want to win, right? In Oklahoma right now, there's nowhere else in America that has a better coach than Patty Gasso. She's the best in the business. There's no arguing that. I think Oklahoma's got the best assistant coaches in the country nationally, and there's nowhere that's better positioned to help you win a national championship than Oklahoma softball. So when you've got that going on and when you've gone back-to-back in Oh, by the way, what is it, four out of the last however many national championships and five really uh, in this last decade for OU and now six all-time. OU's the train coming down the tracks, and there's it's not slowing down. There's no end in sight, and people want to be a part about. Uh, people want to be a part of that, and when you haven't played in the Women's College World Series, when you haven't won a national championship, it's – just going to make sense if there's an opportunity and a fit and it works for Oklahoma then guess what you're probably going to choose to be a sooner well and these transfer hitters know that this is the place to where you can de- develop your softball career with Patty Gasso which is the best in the business and JT Gasso he's proven that he's one of the best hitting coaches in all the country and he could easily take a head coaching job anywhere he wants if he wanted to so those are, those are, that's the big one for me. Those those girls just want to go to Oklahoma and develop her career. I know it's very similar to what Alabama does football, and you think you're just joining them instead of beating them. But Oklahoma is still a place that, I mean, these girls, they want to go play at in Norman. It's worth mentioning, too, that Arizona State head coach Trisha Ford announced her move to A&M and – Six players have entered the transfer portal. So this isn't just, hey, let's 
defect and go to Oklahoma and go win a national championship. There was a motivation for all of this, so that's worth mentioning at least. I've rambled. We've we've talked here. I wanted to hit the Oklahoma softball news because obviously it's some of the biggest news from the weekend that was for Sooner fans. But true Sooner, I want to give you the full run, so we'll do that next. We'll do a timeout. Let's take a break from the Trails Golf Club where the Meals on Wheels Golf Tournament is a rolling ride along. We'll tell you all about that uh, all morning long into obviously the afternoon when we hand it off to Steelman and Thune at noon, but we got way too much real real estate in front of us before any of that. True Suter, hang on. We'll get to you next. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Back with you closing up our number one, which, as always, is brought to us on The Plank Show by Van Hoos Fence. Let's hit up the phone lines. Let's get it going. I see you on the text line as well. We will heat that up in hour number two, but we've got True Sooner on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. What's up, True? Good morning. Doing good, man. How you guys been doing? Oh, doing doing well, my friend. Doing well. What's up? I was on vacation last week, so I was in and out and couldn't talk to you a whole lot. But I do think that the uh, I do think the NIL thing for OU softball is what I've seen anyway has been a reason that some of these girls were wanting to come just because I don't think it's quite as you know I know it's big for football with a lot of teams, but I'm not sure if you know Arizona State you know uh, softball has a lot of NIL stuff going on you know or some of these other some of these other uh, softball. So I think that is an advantage for Oklahoma because they do have some NIL stuff going on. Well, really, from that vantage point, we can sit here and it's easy for me. I, I'm thinking, you know, Oklahoma trying to three-peat. And it's right. easy for your mind to kind of go to that place that, you know, guess what? Alina Torres and Alex Storaco, they, they want to be a part of winning a championship. Sydney Sanders, right. it's easy to go there. But. How about playing in front of Marita Hines, oh, right? How about playing in that environment here at Oklahoma? I mean, what you mentioned about the name, image, likeness, yes. I mean, the support here at Oklahoma, no disrespect to Arizona State or anybody else right now, but right. you're just not going to beat Oklahoma softball in that regard right now. I mean, again, we can right. talk national championship, and I'm sure that that is a piece of the puzzle too is just winning in general, but individual development – the, the fan base, that has to be such a draw oh, yeah. for all of these stars now. I mean, how could it not be? Hey, did you happen to see – you may have covered this in the first 30 minutes. I wasn't able to listen. But did you happen to see in the 247 football deal that's about Caleb Williams' dad, about what he had to say? Ah, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. <laughs> I, I have seen it. I was – handle it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was set to open up next hour talking about it. What 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 is your reaction? It. Carl Williams made some more comments. If you missed this so, this morning, yeah. and, and we'll deep dive it next. But you know, I, at this point, to pass the, look, you he's can trying to pass the blame. He's trying to pass the blame. He's trying to say it's Oklahoma's fault. Uh, you know, because I, I don't believe for a second that Oklahoma was in the lead. When, when he went into the transfer portal. I think, I, you know, I was it even? I mean, and then he wants to say, well, the reason why we left, the main reason why we left is because Oklahoma checked out on him and moved on because they got Dylan Gabriel. Give me a break. That whole, yeah. that whole thing is just, that whole thing is ridiculous. 
I mean, Oklahoma, good for them. Good for them for not sitting around on pins and needles waiting to see if. And it's a good thing they didn't wait because Dylan, you know, Dylan Gabriel probably wouldn't have been available that late. Well, no, he would have been, what, at UCLA where he yeah. had initially gone to. And maybe OU winds up with Jackson Dart, though, you know, the fact that he chose Ole Miss, I think that OU would have had a really good puncher's chance there. And, you know, I, I do think Jeff Levy and Venables would have won out for Dart if there was no Dylan Gabriel in the picture. But we don't know. We don't know. So. I know I know you got to go, but I'd like you to talk more about on the other side. But why would he be like? Why, why did they have? Why did the Williams family have hard feelings toward OU? Yeah, I don't know. Let's discuss it next. True, right. thanks for the call. We'll Good you, topic. Right. Let's open hour two with it. The Williams story. It rolls on next. Plank show right here on the ref.